0: love this podcast support this show through the acast supporter feature it's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment just hit the link in the show description to support now hello and welcome to the awakening empty nester podcast we are so pleased you can join us in today's show i am michelle
1: and i am mark your host of this podcast a show that was designed for you, The Awakening Empty Nester.
0: In this series, we will be bringing you a whole range of inspiring insights, heart-filled stories, and conversations with truly amazing people.
1: People just like you. People who have navigated through their own challenges, lessons, and opportunities. People who have transitioned to living a life of deeper experience heart-filled contribution, and consistent awakening and growth.
0: Find out how they are all living with what we call a strong ECG life pulse. Let's discover more as we dive into this episode.
1: Whether you're an empty nester or not, we trust you will enjoy today's show. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Awakening Empty Nester podcast. Today's guest is a loving father of three, an empty nester, a serial entrepreneur, and an accomplished life, business, and success coach from Tampa Bay, Florida in the USA. Also known as Mr. Orange, we are excited to bring you Mr. Frank Clark. Frank began his entrepreneurial journey at the young age of eight years old. Over the next 50 years, he started, created, and sold many multinational companies, generating hundreds of millions of dollars working with startups and Fortune 50 companies around the globe. Recognized by top marketing firms as one of the top CEOs in his field, Frank has combined his unique methods of management and sales along with programs like Dale Carnegie, Wilson Counselor, and Sandler Sales to produce accomplished sales and marketing teams.
0: Mr. Orange is results-driven and has a no-nonsense, full-accountability approach to life and business. Frank is an avid and passionate student of personal development and NLP and for the past 25 years has had the privilege of training with inspirational leaders like Anthony Robbins, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, and Keith Cunningham. In this episode, we are excited to know how Frank became known as Mr. Orange, and I'm sure just from knowing him that he will have many nuggets of wisdom to share with our Empty Nester audience. Welcome, Frank. Frank, we haven't actually met in person, but we have met you through some online programs, and it was through Michelle Sorra, actually, our mentor that we met and we have watched you grow. We've watched you show off your orange energy, which we absolutely love. And uh, we're really, really pleased that you're here on this podcast with us to let our listeners have a slice of orange from you.
1: Thank you. Welcome, Frank. (laughs) Great to have you on board today. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for letting me be on your show. You guys are definitely a dynamic couple and really fun. I've gotten to know you guys over, well, probably the last six to eight months, 10 months, actually. So thanks for letting me be on your show. Uh, A little bit about me. I'm an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur, I think, since I was eight years old. When my mother was kicking me out in the streets to sell newspapers for the Boston Globe, you know, up at four o'clock, making my own money. It was a paper route that was 365 days a year. There was no days off and there was no inclement weather days off. So it snowed, tough, rain, tough, lightning, tough, deliver the papers, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I always had a taste for money at an early age. I did everything. I sold tickets, I sold candy, I did whatever, whatever I could do to make a buck. I scalped tickets when I started in college because uh, my mother always said, if you want stuff, you've got to pay for it on your own. So I paid for my own college education, paid for my bikes, paid for my cars. You know, all of it was just on me. So at an early age, I got a kind of a taste for it. And I have really started my first real company, if you will, when I was about 26 years old. I was working for a company that sold capital equipment, they sold automated test equipment. The company was called General Radio, and they then shortened the company to Genrad. But they're a hundred year old Boston company and real stodgy, and they sold test equipment. And so I went to go work with those people. Not as a salesperson right away. They hired me as these technical product specialists. And so I had to do all the heavy lift, you know, and I wasn't really very technical. I was just, I was good at the gift of gab. And so customers would come in and they wanted me to test their product and explain to them why this 200 dollars $300,000 machine was going to fix all their problems. And so I got to all do all the technical work. And then the sales guys who were making, four times what I was making, driving the nice cars and everything, they would take them to lunch. I'm like, that's your job. You take people to lunch and you get four times what I get. I'm doing all the heavy work. I don't want to be a technical guy anymore. I want to be a sales guy. And so, <laughs> so I learned how to sell in a big corporate structure for a while. And that was really my only big corporate structure experience. It was about three and a half years of doing that before uh, a woman that worked there, her last name is Lewis and my last name is Clark. And we started a company called Lewis and & Clark. And in the States, Lewis & Clark were actually explorers that explored the Pacific Northwest of the United States. And it, that happened a little over two, about 225, 230 years ago. Actually, 250 years ago. So it was a catchy name, for, especially if you're American, you knew the Lewis & Clark explorers. So we started this company, which I still own today, 33 years later. Wow. I still am the CEO of Lewis and & Clark. And Lewis and & Clark sells used capital equipment. So all the guys that trained me on how to sell stuff new, they thought it was really cute and funny when I started my company. Until I started selling more used machines and they were selling new machines, <laughs> then it wasn't so funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I started this company with a young woman, uh, bought her out after a couple of years, and I've run that company ever since. And we sell capital equipment all over the world. I've sold you know hundreds of millions of dollars worth of equipment. Um, I also started other companies, a software company, I started a service company, I started a spare parts company, I started an auction company, anything that was synergistic into the space that I was at, mm. I uh, I created little businesses. And some of them were for little purposes in time. Like the software company, my kids were getting to the age where they were going to start going to college and I wasn't saving for their college education. So I was like, well shit, you know what I'll do? I'll just start a company and I'll grow this thing, and I'll sell it. And my kids will go have a college education. So that's what I did, you know, get it going and get them into college. So yeah, so I've been doing that. And then all the time I've been doing that, I've been coaching people because when you run a company, you have thousands of employees over 30, you can imagine, you know, 33, 34-year span. You meet a lot of people. You meet a lot of clients. You have a lot of vendors, and you have a lot of staff. And you've become the therapist, the marriage counselor, the husband, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the, <laughs> you know, yeah. all of it. What, the boyfriend or the girlfriend? Like you husband
1: and the girlfriend.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But you listen. You're at the point is you're listening to all your staff all the time unload all of their you know, situations, their problems. And so you become their counselor and you become their coach. And in uh, 1997, I well, actually a little bit before then, when I turned 30, my business partner, Beth, at the time, had done this personal development seminar called Insight. And Insight was a spinoff from what used to be called Est back in the day. And uh, S became the the beginning part of the seminar series called Landmark, which is very popular around the world. Anyways, S also was part of this thing called Insight. So that says you need to go to this. I'm like, what do I need to go to a seminar? That's the last thing you want to hear in the world, right? You have gotta go to a seminar. But I'm not messed up. <laughs> I, I don't need this stuff. But I go to this thing and. You know, the first day I'm fighting it, you know, because I'm a cocky 30 year old. I was going through a divorce at the time and I'm running a company and we're doing pretty well. You know, I made my first million before I was 30. And so I'm thinking, you know, I got it all together. And I get into this seminar room and there's about, I don't know, 200 people there. And the facilitator is this guy named Joey Hubbard. I'll never forget this guy as long as I live. And the seminar went Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. All day Saturday, all day Sunday, and Monday night, and I'm like, "Oh, could I be more bored? Right? This is like a root canal that never ends." <laughs> and <laughs> so, so the first day I'm in there, Joey Hubbard says, "Okay, everybody, you want to play at 100%? Because 99% is a bitch. 99% is a bitch." And even though there's 200 people in that room, he's looking right at me. I can feel it. I can feel his eyes piercing me. And so I go through the motions. Right? Wednesday night, Thursday night, people are sharing. I'm so insensitive to this. I hate the way I was back in the day, because they'd get up and they'd start talking about their life and then they start crying. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to listen to more people cry for three days. Oh my God. I can't stand. It. So, so Saturday I go to the seminar and again, Joey's, I swear he's looking right at me. 99% a bitch. Right? Frank. <laughs> like, Who wants to share today? Frank. <laughs> and, so I'm like, all right, I'll share. So I get up there, and man, I had a, I had a meltdown. I did all the things that I would make fun of other people. I was crying, and I was, I, I just tapped into, the fact that I was getting divorced, and my kids were little. You know, they were six and seven years old, and it was a tough time, you know, because they don't understand, right? They don't understand divorce. They don't understand mom and dad breaking up. And and I remember my kids saying to me, and it's, it's still one of the most gut wrenching things ever. Is when they said to me, "Don't leave, Dad. We'll be good." And I'm like, "Not about that, you know." And, uh, and it still tears me up. Shit, thirty-three years later, right? Anyways, they, they said we'll be good, and and I and and as I told that story to two hundred people, I just fell apart. I, I just I just couldn't contain myself, and it was funny because well, funny. It, it, what what happened afterwards? Everyone in the room came up to me, they hugged me, they talked to me. A lot of the guys in the room were like, man, you told my story. You said what I haven't had the courage to say. Women were like, that, that was an amazing story. And you, you said a lot of our truth. You tapped into our truth. And the facilitator said, Frank, you understand? You fight vulnerability. You fight that urge to be, we'll call it weak, right? You grew up in a blue collar town outside of Boston. You know, you learn how to fight early age. You know, you you get a black belt martial arts. Your whole life is about this tough exterior. And vulnerability is actually a strength. You you see how all these people are attracted to you. You see how all these people now listen to you. You see how all these people feel closer to you just because you're real. And so it was a real eye-opener for me. And I got a taste of the personal development space, personal development seminars. And then 1997 rolls around again, my... Another person in my family, my sister in law this time, you need to go to Tony Robbins. Like, oh man, again, I need to do a seminar, right? <laughs> so <laughs> So I'm like, all right, I was a little more open to it this time. So in nineteen ninety seven I go to Tony has a seminar called Unleash the Power Within, which is his kind of an intro seminar because back then you had to do that seminar before you could do any of his other seminars. I mean, yeah. and, and it's all about walking on fire and man, I loved it. I became the quintessential you know, seminar junkie. And of course you come home and then I became that person. You need to do this and you need to do this and, <laughs> and tell them my, so, you need it, you need. And that's the last thing people want to hear. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. I, I loved it. And then I went to um, Fiji where Tony Robbins had this Date with Destiny seminar, which is his pinnacle seminar, which really just kind of taps into your values and beliefs and all the rules you have around that. Mm-hmm. And again, some concept totally foreign to me, you know, probably foreign to a lot of people. Um, but we do, we have rules that regulate our life and we have values that things will do anything for and things will do anything to avoid. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really understand that, but I I did after I finished the seminar and it literally changed my life. I mean, I had exponential growth in my company. Instead of telling people to go and pay for them, to go I'd say, okay, all my staff can go. Then all your spouses can go. Mm -hmm. And my, you know, my kids can go and my friends can go. And I started paying for people just to go to these seminars so that everyone around me kind of had this same, development, personal growth, you know thriving to be exceptional kind of lifestyle and so my companies grew and it was it was a nice time in my life. I actually met at the time indirectly talk about the synchro destiny, right being at the right place at the right time. I actually met a woman who then ended up becoming my wife from a Tony Robbins event. She was a Canadian girl. I met her, just said hello to her. We were, I was staying at a different resort than Tony's and said hello to her. And I thought it was all that, you know, walking by her and like, "Hey, how you doing, Dick <laughs> Boston?" <laughs> and that for some reason that line didn't work. And uh, I I went to the seminar. She wasn't in the seminar. I went to the seminar, and most Tony Robbins events, you pair up with somebody, you become a buddy with somebody. And I became a buddy with this woman, who I didn't really have a lot of rapport with her. I wouldn't have necessarily picked her, but she kind of picked me and said, "Hey, you do know, have a lot of energy." We should be buddies. Okay. So we've buddies. And we go outside to get to know each other. And she says, so what's your deal? you married, you divorced? divorced, what, what's going on with you? I go, well, I'm divorced, a couple of kids, you know, I was dating this girl back in Boston and now that's not happening anymore. And for the record though, there's this blonde girl over at the other resort. And man, she's gorgeous. I can't wait to meet her. And the woman who's my buddy says, "I know that girl. She's my best friend." Oh, and I'm like, "Bonus, okay, best friend. You're my buddy. Bonus. you can to introduce me to this girl." And she goes, "No, I'm not introducing you to my friend." Oh, okay, I go. Why? What the? You know what the heck? She goes, "Well, I don't really know you. You know, I don't really know you. You, you say you don't have a girlfriend. You know, you 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 kind of you look a little bit like a player. I mean, you're sizing up the room, and and I was, to be honest, and." Um, and so she won't introduce me. She won't introduce me at all. Okay. Um, and she says my friend went home. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. My friend went home today. So she can't to meet her even if wanted to. And I'm like, well, where's home? She says Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And I live in Boston. Okay. And I'm like, okay, 3,000 miles away, out of sight, out of mind. And as you guys know, when you do some of these personal development seminars, you fall in love with everybody, right? Everybody's your best friend, especially by the last day, right? And you go through this... Ritual, it's kind of like graduating college or high school where you're like, Oh, I love you. You're going to be my friend forever. Weird. How can I get a tattoo of your name on me? Right. Like, oh, sign my yearbook, all this shit, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then nothing happens. You get home, and after about a week, it's like, Oh my God, what's their name again? How do you spell that? And so you don't stay in touch. But I stayed in touch with my buddy. Okay. Once in a month, you know, we'd get a phone call, and I would be like, "Hey, your little friend there, you know, the one doing was a you know? She's still asking about me, right, from the breakfast line?" And I was like, "Hey, what's up?" Uh-huh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Anyways, uh, a year goes by, and I finally get a chance to meet this girl mm-hmm. um, because we we're all going to come to Boston. And anyways, long story short, I got a chance to meet her, um, and we fell in love. I proposed to her three months later, and we were wow. married. And the wow. synchro destiny little we part of that whole thing was, we got married at the end of September in year two thousand. Mm-hmm. I met her in the actual day that I met her is the day that her passport was stamped, September twenty third. Mm-hmm. Because I met her in nineteen ninety seven, I was introduced to her in ninety eight, and I proposed to her well ninety nine actually I proposed to her. 2000 we were married, and it was all on the exact same day Is in right? September, wh- exactly one year apart. Wow. In December, that was called Date with Destiny. So it was pretty, pretty wild, yeah. right? That like all that stuff came together. Anyways, fast forward. So I'm doing, you know, I'm running all these companies. You know, I've got, you know, my kind of a dream life, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, then life happens, right? Like, you know, God goes or whatever spirit you believe in, right? goes – Oh, you have a great life and you're getting really cocky. Well, let's, you know, let's do a little course correction here with you. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, then somebody really close to me was addicted to drugs and had to do that and get involved with that. And then I had some legal issues that, you know, had me basically spending almost a million dollars in legal fees and took seven years to take care of and wow. decimated my company and all of this stuff. And then and still, I'm, I'm, I'm involved with personal development. I'm still going to seminars. Yeah. And I'm still learning. And I'm still running these companies, and in the process, again, I'm everybody's therapist. So I'm, I'm, and I'm getting pretty good at it. I, you know, I really enjoy helping people. And people who left my company might have been gone for ten years, and they'll come back and go, "There was one thing you said ten years ago, and it changed the trajectory of my life." And I just wanted you to know it now. Like, wow, that's pretty cool. That ten years later, one thing you said made a difference in somebody's life, and I never forgot stuff like that. So. I go back to, I'm going to start getting back involved with Tony Robbins and starting to go to his seminars again. And how that all came to be was my daughter, who's also done some Tony events and is you know, very goal oriented and very successful. She says to me, she goes, dad, why don't we do a trip together this year? Let's do something fun together. And this is in January of 2017. And I go, okay, well, I haven't been to date with destiny in 20 something years. You've never gone. Why don't we do that? So we do. So we get tickets and we go to Date with Destiny in 2017. And Tony talks about in that seminar, there's one day. Well, the seminar was very different. It was very much the same what I remember in 97, but it was still very different. And the different components this time were when he had a relationship day. That wasn't part of Date with Destiny before. He also had this thing called spiral dynamics. And I'm like, what is this all about? Where he explains the eight levels of consciousness and how each level – as you ascend to the what we'll call the higher levels, you become more outward-focused. You become more of a giver in the world. You become more about contribution than you do about yourself. And so he's explaining all of these different levels in great detail. You know how red is level three, and they're narcissistic, and level four, blue, is they're very rules-based. They're all about maybe they're focused on their religion or their military background, but they have a rule. And they first finally get to the, the level... Where Tony says this is the first level that becomes outward focused, not totally internal, because a level five orange—that's the color associated with that—is people that are very driven. They're almost capitalistic. they they have this thrive to win. They have this desire to constantly achieve. They're overachievers, and they're all about profits. And they're all—they're a bit scientific. They need facts, but they'll—they'll they'll bend the rules a little bit. They're—you know—they're risk takers, and they're—they're they're all this and that, and they understand that for them to get what they want, they have to make other people successful. So this is the first time in that spiral dynamic spectrum, if you will, Mm -hmm. that you recognize that your success is directly proportional to the amount of people you help. Mm -hmm. And so after Tony explains all these levels, then he gets into like level six is green and all these like hug a tree and give back to social programs and feed the hungry and you know welfare systems, all, you know more liberal based kind of stuff. Then yellow is all these reiki healers and yogis and you know, touch me, feel me, and don't make a profit. We don't care. We just give it back. And I'm like, shit, that ain't me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but Tony says, who in the room is a real, and then he picks out a color, right? And, yeah. and Who's the real red in the room? Who's the narcissist? Who's the real blue? Who's like the, the Bible Belt? They know it. And then he goes, who's the, the thriver driver in this room? Who's the entrepreneur? And I'm like coming out of my skin. Yeah, pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> And he does right, so I get picked, and I get to represent the color orange. Now, for those of your listeners who haven't ever been to one of these events, there's five thousand people in this room from eighty different countries, and a lot of them you you know are probably overachievers. Most people that tend to do, you know, expensive personal development seminars tend to you know a lot of entrepreneurs. There's a lot of people that are you know, self-driven, and so Tony asks each color to defend that color. What's great about what you do, and what what do you think about these other colors? And so you go on this little rant and this little you know combat thing, and you know I'm like, oh, I love I love making money, and I love putting people to work. And when you put people to work, you create tax dollars, and tax dollars grow. You, they grow communities. And they pay for all the free shit that all you other people over there want that we should cover. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and if you weren't so lazy, we would, you know. So I go on this tear.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And when it's done, I become a little mini celebrity in the room. Just yeah. totally by volunteering, right? And people are like, oh, you're the orange guy. You're Mr. Orange. You're this, you're that. Do you really do this? You know, I, you run companies. Yeah, I do this. Hey, when, here's my business card. And so many people came up to me with so many opportunities for me. People were asking me if I was a professional actor and are you a public speaker? Uh, no, no, I'm none of these things. I'm just a guy who runs a couple companies and, you know, I know personal development and I'm, I'm not necessarily that shy talking to a group of people. <laughs> oh, I got to get to know you. I got to get to know you. So all of this energy is coming at me mm-hmm. and I come home and I'm, I'm more excited than I could ever be. Right. And yes. I tell my wife this is great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Orange and this is Craig's energy. And she goes, well, I'm happy that you're Mr. Orange, but you're soon to be Mr. Divorced, And oh. I want a divorce. And so I was, I was devastated. I didn't see this coming. Of course, I'm not going to sit here and blame because I believe that you create, promote or allow everything in your life. Right. It was something Absolutely. I learned really early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, at some level, I obviously you know didn't keep or maintain the greatest lifestyle or life connection that we had and so she asked for divorce and again although it took the legs out from under me i was grateful that i was in so much energy and so much support mm-hmm. you know it couldn't have happened at a better time mm-hmm. for me because so many people knew me and I, and, and I had just an army of resources to help me get through it which really helped because it's you know when you're married almost 20 years and you give how much and you raise a, a child together it's it's devastating, right? It's, it's like anything else. Death, divorce, it's a, it's a grieving process. So you need to go through that.
1: Absolutely.
2: So I go through this process and, you know, come out on the other side after, you know, you go through the phases of grief, which are, you know, sadness and then anger, and then sadness and anger, then apathy. Then, well, you know, finally you get to the point where you go, okay, this is what life is. Mm-hmm. This is resolved. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm gonna move on. So I did, I moved on and I decided, you know, my life is very different because in 2017, I had all these goals and dreams and everything else. And they were based around a family and mm-hmm. marriage and my wife, and, you know, my stepson. And now I have a whole new life. I'm free. I'm, you know, I'm not free, but you know, I am. I'm free. I, I, I have different kind of whole parameters of my life. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go do this date with destiny thing I get. Mm-hmm. And my, my values and beliefs my party would be different. So I go. This time I know. There's an exercise called spiral dynamics. And this time I go with the intention of getting picked again.
0: Okay. And so
2: I wear the brightest orange <laughs> vest and a bright orange hat. And when Tony goes to pick the person to do it, I am again out of my skin. Okay. And thank God he picked me again. Oh,
1: did he?
2: So he did. So I got to be Mr. Orange again, second year in a row. And this time, you know, obviously I knew the exercise a little bit. And I had a lot of fun. I just, you know, I made a lot of people laugh in the room and, and I went with the manifestation that, you know, this is really what I love to do. I love to coach people. I love to talk. I love to entertain. I love to inspire. Why am I not doing this? Mm. You know, why am I not monetizing? Why am I not giving this back as a bigger thing? So I created the Mr. Orange. I created a business around this and, you know, decided I would monetize this and, Try to reach as many people as I possibly can. And it wasn't necessarily the money that drove me; it still isn't. It's the how many people can I? When you get on a microphone and there's five thousand people in a room, and, and they leave there and they go, "That was the, that was the best part of the seminar for me. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed mm-hmm. you." And you, you get letters and emails and stuff like that. You can't help but feel good. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't help but feel good. And I gotta. When well, something makes you feel good, do more of it. Right? As long as you' within integrity and it's ethically cool, you know, do more of it. Give back more. And so that's how the Mr. Orange came to be. And I've been kind of growing this orange brand, if you will. And now, you know, I'm, I'm taking it to a bigger platform and I'm looking to, you know, speak on bigger stages or speak on any stage for that matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I enjoy, I love people like yourselves that also have this orange drive, thrive, have fun, adrenaline junkie kind of mentality. So, yeah, you know, and I know this is what you guys are doing you i mean part of the dream architect the way i understand it is you're into the next chapter of your life right you're into the second yeah. act mm-hmm. and if and you're into creating the greatest life that you can have after your kids you know you have left the nest right and they never really leave the nest right the kids are your kids all the time right you still i mean my daughter's 36 years old right now and as far as i'm concerned she's still a five-year-old kid right cute little okay. five-year-old kid my son no matter how cool he is and you know we Talk a lot of shit about football and you know, different stuff, you know. Make make fun of each other, and he's still my little boy. You know, they're always going to be that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but your life takes on a different. You get some freedom, right now. You've got you're the empty nester, and you That's get some right. freedom.
0: That's right. Right. What a journey you absolutely are talking. Orange energy because we couldn't get a word in. <laughs> this has been the first podcast where we're just listening the whole time. We love it that this is orange energy. This is Frank talking and talking and talking. <laughs> so you but, just epitomized exactly what energy you hold. And we totally respect yeah. that. We love it. It just shows just how much drive, how much passion. And here I'm, I'm doing a bit of orange energy. I'm trying to stay talking at the moment so frank doesn't jump in (laughs) but it's, it's it just shows how when you have that energy and you capture that energy and you use it to drive your companies to succeed to have your goals to overcome challenge as well you haven't talked much about that but i believe you know there's part of you that orange energy that helps you to get up and take responsibility there's all different colors i suppose in the world but You know, we all have a bit of each of those colors at certain times. But for you, you are encapsulating that whole orange energy. And as listeners, as we are recording this, Frank has an orange cap on. And in many of his videos, if you follow him on Facebook, and I believe you've got a YouTube channel as well, you'd probably be wearing orange
2: more than likely, yeah, yes.
0: That's
1: right. <laughs> certainly a man that lives his brand. And thank you very much for sharing your story, Frank. There's certainly some great lessons there, some great successes and some challenges, absolutely, which is you know a reflection of, of people's lives. So from all of those ups and downs and so on, for our fellow Empty Nester listeners, what are three examples or three lessons that somebody could apply or implement into their life? As an empty nester, somebody that's working through some, some challenges as a husband, as a man that's been very successful in business, who has certainty on what's going on in their life, you know your place, you know you want to grow, you know you want to do things, and then something comes along like the divorce that you know, sweeps your feet out from underneath you, and you need to reinvent yourself, you need to re-understand, who the hell am I? What could you share to somebody that might be going through that sort of thing right now?
2: Sure, it's a great question. The thing about tragedy, or despair, or fear, or what some of us look at as failure, um, is it's going to happen, right? There is no perfect road. There is no um, there's no hill that you know is just level and easy to climb all the time. Right? The way I look at things is, what were the things that scared the shit out of me the most? are the things that I had the most fear about well having kids right having kids, oh my god my girlfriend is pregnant we're not even married my girlfriend's pregnant and I'm gonna be a dad and a husband at 22 years old. what the hell do I know about this okay I'm afraid I'm afraid when I bought my first house I'm afraid when I started my first company I'm afraid when I got a divorce right I'm afraid when I invested in the market the first time I Took my hard-earned money. I said, okay, I'm gonna give it to a stockbroker. I'm afraid on things that were big life decisions. And we've all been some element of fear there, right? I'm afraid I'm proposing to a girl I just met three months after, you know, I'm gonna marry her, I'm gonna move her to the States some crazy shit, right? I'm afraid. However, the thing about that is every single time that those have happened, they have been the greatest moments in my life. And so you sit back and you go okay what's going on for me right now I just lost my job and I'm 50 I just got divorced and I'm 60 I just got my kids moved out of the house and we started late my late 40s or whatever and I got a, my whole identity was wrapped around my kids my whole identity was wrapped around my, my job my whole identity was wrapped around my relationship and it's gone it's taken away from me right away the limiting beliefs can come right in okay I'm too old or you You go through divorce, it's financially devastating. Your business, you go bankrupt. Oh, I got to start over again. You know, the thing that I, or tip that I like to let people know is yes, these are devastating times in your life. And yes, it's okay to feel a little bit despair, and it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel hurt and angry and pissed off. And these are the stages of grief. It's okay to do that. But don't make them a life sentence, right? They don't have to be a life sentence because in our life, there are events that happen. And they look like other events as you grow up, right? You start in your, you're a little kid and you have an event of maybe you wanted to sit next to this cute girl in your class and she didn't want to sit next to you. Well, that's the event. But with every event, we attach a meaning to it. And the meaning is going to be different for everybody, right? When I'm six years old, what's the meaning that this little girl said? She didn't want to sit next to me. Well, I have bad hair. Oh, all girls are mean. All, I, nobody likes me. I could attach that meaning, right? And then, if it, you know, three years later, another event looks the same. I'm going to sit next to this other girl. I'm going to invite her to a party at my house. And guess what? She doesn't come to the party at my house. That's the event. Now, what's the meaning? The meaning is, well, all girls are mean again. Oh, no, you just more punctuated that thing, or I'm not good enough, or I'm, you know, I'm not rich enough, or we don't have a nice enough house, or I don't dress well. You know, all of these meanings are all made up, right? And as each event happens in our life, now we've become fifty years old, sixty years old. I was almost—I was fifty-eight years old. My wife asked me for a divorce. As an event, what's the meaning? Okay, I'm not good enough. I have bad hair. I wear orange clothes. (laughs) I don't know. Whatever it is, right? That I could have attached that I'm in control of the meaning. The event already happened. It's the past. It'll never change. Okay, and dwelling on it will never change. There's a phrase I like. It's called. It says forgiveness. Of yourself and everybody else is giving up all hope for a better past. Mm. Forgiveness is giving up all hope for a better past. It's never going to change. Forgive it. Move on. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps, if you will, and move on because you have an opportunity to change the meaning. So that's a tip that I would say to people is look at you have an opportunity right now. The event happened. Yes. And it hurts, but the meaning to it doesn't mean you're devastated forever. It just means that it happened. Okay. When people lose their jobs after a lot of time, it's funny how the human dynamic goes, right? You lose a job, you've been in a a profession for 20, 30, 40 years, and you lose that career. And right away we go, well, I guess I'll be schlepping hamburgers at the fast food chain right now. Oh, I guess I'll be driving for the Uber or Lyft, or, you know, that's going to be my life now. I'll be digging ditches. What? Are you shitting me? No? Did you all of a sudden forget? All the skill you have, all the stuff you have. And not on top of that, did you forget all the people you know, all the human capital you've acquired over this lifetime, right? You have more resources, more knowledge. Let's get started on something else. And worst case scenario, you get to go back to exactly what you were doing before, which by the way, made you a pretty nice lifestyle. That's your worst case scenario, right? Let's get out of here. If, If it was a relationship and it devastated you for a while, okay. It's devastating. Yes, go through the grieving process, but don't make it a life sentence. You know, you can get yourself in shape. You can act healthy. You can hang out with positive people. You can go to personal development seminars and meet cool people like you guys, right? There's a next chapter to everything. We're not done. We're never done. The invigoration, the new, the newness of something new. Take the chance, step into it, surround yourself with people that are doing it too, and believe that you're worthy. You know, give yourself some gratitude. You talked about my YouTube channel. It's called gratitude tv Mm -hmm. um we've only done i don't know maybe a dozen or so episodes but they're fun but it's basically the the power of gratitude Mm -hmm. and you can't be miserable when you're in a state of gratitude and you know practice that right i i mean i learned when a close personal friend of mine you know was a drug addict i got real familiar with what's called the serenity prayer right God, grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Maybe the wisdom to shut up once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, that 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 prayer gets you through, right? Okay, some things I cannot change, but this get the courage to change the things you can. And you can always change your destiny. You can always change the next chapter in your life. You're never too old. You're never too broke. You're never too whatever, you're never too sick, you know you never do anything mm-hmm. to get going again. Exactly. So I guess that's the point that I would like to make is, you know, the meaning you put to things mm-hmm. becomes your experience and your experience becomes your life. Yes. Right? Whatever you focus on becomes your experience and that becomes your life. So change the meaning on the things that you have happened. Yeah. You know, they're not as devastating as you think. Mm-hmm. Look at yourself, grief if you grieve if you want to, understand that you have incredible knowledge and human capital and resources and surround yourself with the people that you want to be and you'll have an amazing next chapter you'll have an amazing empty nester you'll be the dream architects like you guys are
0: like you said add to that a dose of gratitude a huge dose of gratitude and that's all you really need you know and
2: And penguins too right michelle uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes and penguins (laughs) listeners (laughs) You just have to look at a penguin and you're happy. Don't you agree, Frank?
2: <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. How can you be extra... upset when you're looking at penguins, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's There's some
1: great lessons there, buddy. Thank you so much for that. Really, really cool. So what is next for you? What is the next experience for you?
2: Next experience for me? Well, I still own um, two electronics companies that I'm involved with and You know, we're, we're starting to do pretty well. We're, we're considered an essential company because we provide equipment to the military and and medical sector. So we're actually very busy right now and, you know, putting a lot of energy into those companies. I certainly plan on doing a lot of that, but I also, I really love coaching and I really love doing podcasts. I'm, you know, I have a podcast show now called Orange Crushing It and it's fun. I mean, I I get to interview people, cool people like yourselves and you get to have a lot of fun on that stuff. I'll be doing some masterminds. I'll, I love gathering people together, you know, that are like-minded. I'm also a bit of a thrill seeker. So last year I, I took as many adrenaline junkie trips as I could possibly, you know, jumping off of seven-night of airplanes and roller coasters and jumping off the stratosphere in Las Vegas and, you know, just having real fun. Yeah. Right. And I plan on doing a lot more of that too this year. I mean, in the next coming years, you know, planning trips where people can get together and just ex- really experience each other and have a fun time doing it. And that's what, again, keep that orange energy going not just from a business standpoint, but from a fun standpoint. Absolutely. Enjoy your life, right? That empty nester, let's go out and race cars. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy shit, right? (laughs) Absolutely.
1: I mean, that's good fun, isn't it? That's, I'm exactly the same. I I love doing that sort of stuff. I love experiencing something new, as you said, diving out of a plane, going on roller coasters, to push you outside your comfort zone, to really get your heart pumping Mm. and get your ECG, as we call it, your ECG, really moving so you can really experience life.
0: Yep, so you're coming with me to Antarctica.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
0: (laughs) <laughs> Mark hates the are cold. You, Give <laughs> me plenty of jumpers. <laughs>
2: Antarctica, did you just say? Is that yeah. where you're going? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. See the penguins?
2: That's cold. Oh, there, there are penguins at the zoo, you know. You don't have
1: to go <laughs> <all over> Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> no, want state, to Antarctica. If you're in the state, just go to San Diego to <laughs> see, that, see no, the penguins. That's oh, it.
0: naturel. That's how we want
1: to see that. <laughs> yeah. So I love how you contribute oh. too, mate, In just in the way – of daily life in work, and you know how we've got to experience you through the the courses that we've shared together as well. And I love the way you input and contribute in that as well. So, what else do you do? How else do you? What's the feeling that you get about contribution, about helping others? What does it do for you?
2: Well, what it does for me is, I think, with each decade in our life, with each chapter in our life, hopefully, each chapter, your you're building great memories, right? You know, you have the, I think it's a blessing to have children, you know, but if you haven't, okay, if your children are your pets or your children are your, what you volunteer, other people you hang around with, are your friends, you know, gathering memories versus gathering stuff is key to a great life. You know, we can all own a car, we can all own a nice house, but the feeling of falling in love, how do you measure that? How do you define that, right? The feeling of, you know, when you see your children born, the very minute they're born, right? my grandson—I have, have a five-month-old grandson now—and yeah, I knew he was coming, and you love them, but when you see them, it's like exponentially different, right? Mm-hmm. Those experiences, and try to explain to somebody—it feels like jumping out of an airplane, or riding in a hot air balloon, or racing car at two hundred miles an hour. It's, it's, you can't, right? So when you collect enough memories in your life, and you can, you can kind of look back, and you can go you know, it's time for me to give back. And it's actually, it's always time to give back. It's always a great lesson to learn, even when you're a young child, right? But when you get older and you have some levels of affluence and you have, you know, a lot of people that you know, you know, it becomes a time in your life where you want to become more contribution based. And I think that's where I'm at in this stage in my life. I Yes. Do I want to make a lot of money? Hell yes. Okay. That's orange energy. Okay. I do. And do I also get lit up when I see somebody be happy? Or if I make a joke and they smile and they laugh and they remember me? Or if I say something and they go, man, you don't understand, it changed my life. That's that one little ripple, right? Mm, when you drop a stone in the water, it starts to ripple, right? And the very first ripple you see is the smallest one. The second one you see is a little bigger than the first one. The third one is a little bigger than that one. You didn't do anything more than just drop a stone. The one action, as a ripple moves, gets bigger and bigger and bigger, okay? So you can't see it anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you may never know how big that ripple gets, And you may never know the person you affected. You may never know what you guys do. when You mm-hmm. talk or you, you, you put out a podcast or a show or, or a webinar or, or anything. You never know really the people you get to affect. And there was a Ralph Waldo Emerson poem about success, and in that poem, it says something to the effect: "To know that one person has lived better because you existed—that is to succeed." Yeah, beautiful. And and so that's what I get out of it: is that the, this the knowledge that you know somebody has a better life? And the more and more people that tell me that, the more it feeds the, feeds the beast, if you will. Right? That feeds the machine to want to do more of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the money follows. It, you know, that's that's a nice component to it too. But that's that's not the primary driver.
0: I would call you an awakened entrepreneur, somebody who is successful and is doing it because he wants to impact others in a good way. So you've awakened your heart within your business. That's how I see you, Frank. So well, talking, about, talking about the awakening process, you know, our group on Facebook is called the Awakening Empty Nesters. How would you define an awakening soul, an awakening empty nester?
2: I would probably classify somebody who's awoke, awo- awaken, awoken, awoken, <laughs> woke up. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> not sleeping.
2: <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, not sleeping. I would consider somebody who's at that space um, open to receiving. A tiny little story here. There's a book that I like, and it's called Zen and the Martial Arts. Real easy read, right? It was written a long time ago. Anyways, in the book, Zen and the Martial Arts, there's a guy who studied with Bruce Lee and he became like one of the greatest martial arts senseis in the world. And so everybody wanted to train with him. Oh, he's Bruce Lee's student. And the story goes, this guy wanted to train with the sensei. So he, he calls the sensei and says, can I meet with you and train with you? And the sensei says, sure, come over and see me." So the guy goes to see the sensei and the sensei, being a good host that he is, says, can I pour you some tea? I goes, yeah, sure. While you tell me, why you want to be a student. So he starts to tell, would be student, tells the sensei, oh, I want to train with you. You understand. It's a great honor. And I know you don't take many people. And you're Bruce Lee's teacher. And he's going on and on and on about what he wants to do. And the sensei's pouring the tea. And the sensei doesn't stop pouring the tea. And the tea goes into the the saucer and it goes all over the table and goes all over the floor. And the sensei's just listening. Tell me more. Tell me more about what you want to learn. And the guy is like freaking out. Sensei, you're pouring water all over the floor. Right? You're making a mess. And the sensei goes, oh, you notice. Oh, you notice I'm doing that. And then the sensei's system assistant goes, you know, I don't think I can teach you. And he goes, why? Why can't you teach me? He goes, because your cup is already full. Your cup is full. There's no more room for you to learn. Mm-hmm. And what I think an awakened soul is, is somebody who's willing to empty their cup. Mm-hmm. I think it's somebody that goes, you know, I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's so much more I can learn. I've, I've experienced a lot. and There's so much more I can experience. Let me empty my cup and make room for new people, make room for new love. Make room for new life. Make room for new adventures. Make room for new experiences, and always be open for that. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you know, if you think you've known it all, or you think you've lived it all, or done it all, well, then you know, maybe it's time to check out. You know, get on to the next person. Come on, you know. Yeah. Beautiful. Very but true. That's what an awoken soul is to me: is empty the cup and move on. You'd be ready love to it. receive. Love it.
0: Love it. Love it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, right. Frank. Welcome. Well, Frank, you know, we could go on talking and you telling wonderful stories. But before we go, how can if somebody wants to be in touch with you, maybe wants to hire you for a speaking event, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best way?
2: Great. Well, uh, I'm on Facebook as Francis Lincoln, which happens to be my given first and middle name. I'm on Instagram as the underscore Mr. Orange. Mm -hmm. And I also have a website, the Mr. Orange. You can reach me there. Come find me on any one of those things. Get yourself a pair of orange sunglasses and bring more orange energy into the world. And, <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, guys. For Go the, to the orange, Appreciate yes. It.
1: Absolute pleasure, mate. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your stories, your lessons, your your challenges, and inspiring people, inspiring our listeners to step up their own orange energy so that they can really start to live mm. an amazing, amazing life. So thank you, buddy.
0: Yes, and serve the world with a slice of orange, some juicy, zesty orange. Love it, Frank. Thank you.
2: Thank you, guys.
1: Bye.
0: This is the Awakening Empty Nester podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode.
1: If you enjoy what you heard today, share with a friend. And if you have not already done so, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any
0: questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach us directly at podcast at thedreamarchitects.com looking forward to you joining us on our next show
1: thank you for listening